Ladies and gentlemen, around the world, this is Gavina T.K. Kirkland. You're listening to the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. We've been doing this over five years now. The fan base is amazing. We're over 8 million strong. I want to thank everybody. I've come across interesting people, as you know, from tax, how to do your taxes, how to do a PPP loan, how to leave your bitch, how to leave your, uh, your nigga, how to just life. And when I meet people who are passionate, I'm talking about passionate. I always got to show them love. I'm doing a show October 2nd, ladies and gentlemen, in one of the entertainment capitals of the world, Atlantic City. This is one of my homies from back in the day. We all used to hustle together, and we all have grown to be very, 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 very successful men. And when I say this man about his business, about his grind, to the point that it could be nerve-wracking, but you got to respect it, I introduce you, Reed, from Philadelphia, ladies and gentlemen. Please show him mad love as we discuss this show. Coming up October 2nd at the Showboat Arena with some of the phenomenal comedians in the area. But the headline, of course, is your one and only T.K. Kirkland. Mr. Reed, tell the people about you. What motivates you to go hard the way that you do? Well, life itself. When you understand life to any degree, you're going to be motivated. Right. You understand how fast life goes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. And when nobody ever gives you nothing, like, instead of the opportunity to make something for yourself, you do your best. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's so true. But what? how do you get that, though? Is it DNA? Is it because of the things you've gone through in your life? Like, how how did you get to be this kind of man? Because everybody well, doesn't have it. You know that. They're like, you know, some people just gift it because it's in their DNA. Well, just like you, unbeknownst to us, we we are sort of like keepers of the community. We are keepers of the gate, as right. they call it. Because... Mm-hmm. Even in the world of comedy, your job is to make people laugh. And believe right. it or not, believe it or not, a laugh can go a long way in saving someone's life. Yes. So your job, and even my job, is to bring people together. So mm-hmm. unbeknownst to us, we are like keepers of humanity because... Mm-hmm. When we, you know, when you bring people together, when you go to large uh, concerts, large gatherings, the energy and the frequency is different. So, right. so a lot of times, those of us that take on the task of bringing people together, like a like a comedian's job, is extra hard because y'all have to babysit people to, to some degree. And uh-huh. a lot of times, when you babysit. You take on them kids' burdens. So even though people are laughing at your jokes, you're carrying a heavy weight of sorrows on top. You don't even know it. Mm-hmm. That's why when you leave uh, when you leave the stage, you'd be like, man, I'm tired. I want to go lay down. Because you took on the task of 
uh, keeping them going, keeping them alive, keeping them with hope. And that's a job right. within itself, believe it or not. There is. Yep. You, you, you know, like about the, energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's energy. It's like, like, like when, when the comedian Robert Williams uh, killed himself. You know, right. it's, it, it, it's, it, it's sometimes it can be a burden looking out and trying to save others because in the midst of all this, some of the people you say don't even want to be saved. That's so true. You understand? Mm-hmm. So, so for for guys like us, because even in the entertainment world, when you look at all the different areas of entertainment, you have to understand if you really pay attention and know a lot of these people personally, like you do, you understand their sorrows and they shortcomings and all the stuff they go through behind the scenes because it's hard when you it's hard when you let other people burden you with their problems and you try to solve it right that's so true especially when they don't listen when they don't listen because like they say god bless the child that has its own but even more so god bless the child that's willing to listen and learn right that's so true you know that's that it's deep, it's heavy, and see, you got to live long enough to see certain things to understand it. That is it, so it, true. You know, it's like being broke. Yeah. You don't realize how broke you are until you start getting some money. Because then, when right. you start spending and catching up, then you say, "Man, I didn't realize I was doing that bad." Right. But that's the world we in. But like your job, the the the. the the comedian job is a very, very hard, stressful job, especially yes, because the the comedian's job it, it's not like a uh, like in the NBA where you 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 you're so good that you get the top scale. It's some comedians that's excellent that still yes. could barely bake scrape scrape a couple of hours together to perform. Right, because, right, because the, it is. It's different areas and different things that come into play. Right. And most comedians don't understand what I'm going to piggyback off what you just said. See, there are people in the world who need agents. There's people who need to hang on to somebody's coattail for success. There's nothing wrong with it. But then you have people like you, me, my man Tom Ford James, all our people who we grew up smooth, all our people we grew up in Philly, entrepreneurs, niggas who knew how to get money. See, a lot of a lot of comedians know that I was a hustler, um, Reed, but they don't know how I was a hustler, right? All they could tell you is that the bad things I did when I was 19, 20 years old, not about how when I was rolling with my niggas out of Chicago, Tom Ford and the guys, not how I was rolling with my niggas, James Cole, not how I was rolling with the Haitian Jacks, Frankie B's, and pulling in mad paper, but to have the determination. And what I mean is you took all your knowledge and got into the promoting game, but you promote like it's the end of the motherfucking world. And the reason why I have you on this show is because I want other promoters who listen to this or comedians who listen to this or just average people listen to this. When you put something together, you got to give it 1,000 motherfucker percent. Like this gentleman who I got on the phone, 
let me say something, ladies and gentlemen, to the fellas, the comedians, to everybody. Before this over, I want you to go on this man's Instagram page. This motherfucker is out 3 o'clock in the morning on the highways putting up posters talking about come see um, Save the Babies, T.K. Kirk and the rest of the comedians. Like, comedians, don't, promoters don't do this shit no more. This is the reason why I have him on the show. It's a lost art. And people now are so lazy, they expect the Internet to do everything for them. But it's nothing like being out there in the trenches and busting your ass. But go ahead, Reed. I'm sorry. No, no, not to cut you off, but we used to call it guerrilla warfare. See, right. the, the, the more that people believe that they're, um, they're getting uh, tools to help them, in reality, these tools is hurting everyone. Like for sure instance, last night, I was out in front of the club, and I seen these three gorgeous young girls come up. They was half-dressed, and they were beautiful. And I said to all three of them as they was walking in the club, I said, I don't know how much y'all got in y'all pocketbooks, ladies, but I said, gorgeous as y'all are, y'all better come out with more money than y'all went in, go in that fucking club with. If y'all come right, out with lady. less money than what you went in there with, y'all ain't doing something right. And they started laughing. Right. And then as more girls walked up as I gave up flyers, I kept saying it to all the girls. And then the security looked at me and said, I get what you're saying, but I never said nothing to him. I said, why do you say that? He said, because what they, what they don't understand is they worth more than just coming into a club and looking uh, looking to spend their money when they are the money to some degree. That mm-hmm. was his take on it. And that turned into a whole conversation. And it, it goes right. back to what you're saying about the, the hustle of life, the flat foot hustle. See, the, this, this is my first comedian show ever. And right. I didn't understand the interworkings of the comedian game is like the, the rap game. But it's, right. more, it's more sinister, believe it or right. not. Right, sure are. Yeah. It, it, it's, the, the comedian game is more sinister because, number one, it's, it's, it's a lot of people that's in the way. It's a lot of right. people that think that people is just going to laugh at their joke and they're going to make money based on who they think they are. But right. everything is, is, is a hustle. And it goes back to what you said. See, when I was a kid, my mom died and my dad left. So right. from a young age, seven, eight years old, I knew I ain't have nothing coming. Right. And in this world we in, you know, the orphan kids, the kids that don't have nobody to look out for them, you know, we get the bad brunt of everything. So mm-hmm. you learn early in life that you got to fight for everything that you want in life. And then your level of appreciation is raised even higher because you know, hey, you know what you went through to get it, and you're not right. going to let it go easily. But and even to go in, deeper. Yeah, go ahead. I'll let you finish, Bree. Go ahead. But even in the game of life, going back to what you're saying, the, the comedians, the, the, the promoters, because the promoters is almost like like when people see Floyd Mayweather and they see the money, they don't know that the guy behind him is Al Heyman, who started yep. off doing concerts. And Al yep. Heyman, you never see him. But That's the thing right. is, is, 
He's like the puppet master. He keeps mm-hmm. the game going. And it's the same right. thing with promoters. We're like the puppet masters, and we keep the game going. But as a puppet master, we can't abuse the game. It's like you go to mm-hmm. some clubs, and you know it's urban people coming in there that come from the projects. You know, they making money. But, you know, some promoters take advantage of them and overcharge them. They want, yep. like last yep. night, they were charging $200 to park your car and $100. Oh, you, man. Right, like they taking advantage of the people. Yep. And, and yep. that within itself is a sin because yes. – all of us are connected in one way or another, if you look back right. at our history. And, mm-hmm. and and this is why everything is so messed up in the hood, because as being keepers of the gate, keepers of the community, we do things we shouldn't do to our people that right. hurts all of us in the long yep. run. So yep. for a dude like me that see it, I really didn't have to come back and get into the game or promotion. But something called me back to say certain things. It's almost like how the mailman come, how they used to come. Western Union. And he come and mm-hmm. deliver a message. Sometimes the message is good. Sometimes the message is bad. And the thing right. is, is you may see this messenger one time in life, but whatever message they bring you changes the course of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, it becomes a defining moment in your life. And that goes for all of us. Like when you talk about um, some things that happened to you when you was young and, and how it changed the course of your life and what you do, what you've been doing in your life for the last 20, 30 years. That within right. itself is major because, like I said, the comedians, y'all job is to make people laugh. So when people laugh, you hear their vibration from them laughing, ha, 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 the frequency. Mm-hmm. And then you give out another frequency, ah, whatever you say, right. and the people yep, laugh. Yep. Yeah, so you have to carry that after the show is over and you in your room, wherever you at, you have to digest and dissect what went on that night. Right, and then you have to do a, 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 a cleansing of your own because yep. within days you got another show to do. Right. And people don't understand so, how how hard that is. Yes, sir. Why you think yes, think about it? You got thirty years in forty, whatever. Think of all the comedians from the Sinbads and a whole lot of dudes hanging with Mr. Cooper. That kind of right. the game burnt them out. It burnt them right. out. It did. Think about it, and 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 they were like a list comedians but right. if you're not careful if you don't protect yourself your spirit can be compromised and, and, and it almost drives you crazy right just like the actors and some of the rappers right who get on drugs and old od because they can't handle the pressure that's a throwing thing against them because some people just can't handle it right Plus, so that's why i'm so fortunate Reed. think about it now I've been in this business almost 30 years. I'm in my 60s, and I run and I move like I'm 30-something, 40-something years old. And a lot of people don't even know my age until I tell them my age. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like you said, it's about being appreciative. See, I remember working 40 hours a week and bringing home $2,500 a month, and after state and federal taxes, 
you got fifteen hundred dollars for thirty days. And you got to make and you got to make that last. You got to make that yeah, last. You got to pay bills and keep a little something for yourself. To keep right. Yourself to something. Yes. So I've been truly, truly blessed in this game. And when I when you said sinister in the business, yes. Comedians, I, like, every now and then we would talk about certain things, and like I was talking to my son the other day, how another comic will tell another promoter or the, what that person is worth. And I, when people come for me to say, yo, can you get such and such from me? A real man will always say, I can't tell you what that man is worth. He has to tell you what he's worth. See, most comedians need an agent because they don't have business savvy. Most communities are agent because they don't know no motherfucking body, right? So they need someone. And what I felt as a youngster, I never wanted to be in a position that I had to call another man agency to find out if I'm working that week. You got to be out your fucking mind to think I'm going to sit around and call somebody to help them get me a show. And that's where the comedians have their problems. Yeah, they don't understand. They don't understand. And and what I realized, like I said, I've been doing this for years. I done did parties for LeBron, AI, I mean, with all the, the, the heavyweight boxers. I mean, I've been doing yes. it for a very long time myself. And what what I realized is that for the most part, see, a lot of times people will come around you and hang on to you and and their job comes from a different angle. And some people mm-hmm. come into your life to ensure that you fail in life. It's almost so like true. it's almost like one of the movies where they go through the portal, you, you, you run it from somebody, you go through a portal and you think you got away and then here come one of the goons chasing you and you in a totally different form of existence and here they come from another galaxy chasing you to ensure that you feel here on mm-hmm. earth. And and right. this is and believe it or not, this happens every day in real time. Because yes. we all have angels that protect us because they know that they come in force. But we right. individually have to protect ourselves and be prepared for war at all times because let's be realistic, we are at war. Right. And when you and, and when you come with your message of laughter to make people feel good about their situation, that's frowned upon in, in some areas of life. Right. Because those that want to control the masses want to control the people that make the masses laugh. So mm-hmm. so when it comes to comedians and stuff like that, y'all guys are marked men. Y'all marked right. women. Y'all marked because... Whenever you could get up in front of a crowd of people and make them laugh and make them cry, that's power right there because everybody mm-hmm. can't do it. And right. for for that comes uh, a certain undercurrent of negativity because because you can do that, people want to control you for doing that. It's almost right. like the record and the music industry. You got artists success that, has enemies, right? So you've got the music industry where here a little girl can write, she can write her own song, produce the music, sing the song, and somebody can hear and say, it sounds beautiful. Oh, come with us and sign this contract. 
And 10 years from now, that same little girl who wrote the song, produced the song, and is singing the song, now she has to pay a flixer for singing her own song. Mm-hmm. But she didn't know that she was signing with the fine print when they say, right. we're going to make you famous. And it's the right. same oh, yeah. thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a cruel business, sir. It's a mean, cruel industry. Yes. Woo! Woo! Why you th- what you going back to what you were saying? This is why. And, and you know, any industry that involves people and masses of people coming together to see an individual is always sinister. So even right. for promoters like the Dick Reeds of the world, you know, right. I, I've, I've been up against iHeart Radio, Clear Channel, Live Nation. I know them, and they know of me because what I do is almost a, like a lost art. It's guerrilla right. yep. warfare in the streets. That's why you're on the show, sir. Right, it's guerrilla warfare. And, right. and guerrilla warfare is different because, see, I'm going in different projects. I'm going in areas that is really people scared to go in to, to right. get my word out, to pass the word out. And, and, right. and, and when you see me putting them posters up and doing hand-to-hand combat with them flyers, it's a different energy uh, than yes. the Internet. Because right. people feel yep. it because when you're scrolling up and down your timeline over time, all you see is images. But when somebody touch you hand-to-hand, it's a different feel. So, yes, it is. So it, it, it's definitely, it's a new world because they're trying to put in the new world order. And the new mm-hmm. world order takes away your rights. It takes away your originality. And it takes away your, your artistry. Your opinion and, and your, your opinion. opinion. You can't even give your opinion. You can't say shit no more. Right. You sure so, can't. So that's the fight that we're all in. So guys like you and me and that kind of have the teachings of life and the understanding, the respect, they don't like that. That's frowned upon because they want to put everybody in the same category. And what they want to do with everybody is, regardless of how talented you are, they want to be able to steal your intellectual property, make billions of dollars off of it, and, 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 and shoot you up with some drugs until you pass out and no longer exist. And let me tell you why. I have a record label. I've had a record label 10, 10 15 years. Nobody now know about it. I've been that quiet about my shit. Even to the point I got a comedy label. I actually tried to sign some comics, um, Mr. Reed. No one, none of these comics, unless they hit big time, and a lot of them don't hit big time, don't understand catalogs. Let me repeat it. Catalog. Yeah, your catalog. And the comedians will never get a check when they retire in this business from they should be playing on Pandora and all these platforms because they didn't Oh, that's the biggest pimp game in the world. Let me tell you something. Man, they don't get it. Let me tell you something. This, This is the biggest heist of intellectual property ever is with yes, the internet is. and the streaming service because think about it when you talk, when you hear uh what's his name that 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 signed Snoop Dogg what's his name the boy that signed Snoop Dogg. 
No, no, before him. The, uh, damn, his name is on tip of my tongue. Master P. Oh, no, Master, P. Master P signed them after the fact. Right, right, but that's what I was thinking about. When you okay. listen to Master P, when you listen to the four Nipsey hustle that just got killed, when you yes. listen to a lot of the older rappers, what they say, they were selling CDs out of the back of their trunk. That's how they came up. So yep. when you take and you take that out the game and you will put your stuff on the streaming service, you know them people are stealing money off these rappers. Because the rappers yes. can't sit there and count how many people actually bought them streams, or however right. they call it, hits. But when you sell your own CD out your trunk, you're handling your own business. This is why yeah. all of a sudden good as CDs is, they tried to get rid of CDs and CD burners. Because when a man can go burn his own CDs and, and sell them and autograph them, he can make a hundred times more money than he can make with some streaming oh, service. Let me tell you something. That's how I got pretty much rich. By selling my, um, I took the same philosophy of the Easy E's, and and I've been out before them. So I was doing this way back. I would take my comedy specials and sell them out of the trunk of my car, and other comics would look at me and be blown away that I would sell that many damn CDs. I mean, it, shit was insane how I was doing it. So I definitely get it. Definitely understand it. And they they wiping out. Yeah. They wiping out a total. They wiping out a billion dollar industry that would help the small guy when they. But when here's they, the they, thing, Mister Reed. You gotta. You can't be dinosaurs in this business. You gotta learn to adjust. So yes, I got the record label. Yes, I'm making money legit to the point that when it was time to get a PPP loan, an SBA loan, guess what? A nigga was able to take advantage because I was a businessman. The same podcast that we're on. I taught people way before the pandemic happened, Mr. E, about get your LLC, get your EIN. I never knew the pandemic was going to happen. I just wanted people to have their own business because I got tired of hearing people talking about the white man. I got tired of hearing people say, um, I don't have this, I don't have that. you got to work for yourself. Exactly. So that you don't have to go to work on Monday and the motherfucker tell you you're fired. Like you said, you can go to work, leave on Friday, you think everything is cool, and come to work on Monday, a motherfucker fire you, tell me I need you to come in, they don't even bring you in the office no more, they send you an email, and they don't you don't back come in the back. building, and don't come back. And, 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 and listen, so, and, and not to cut you off and take that a step further, uh-huh. you know, at, 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 what, at what point do we keep talking about the white man? I agree. Listen, I'm just saying, hear me out. Now, you've been on this planet for a minute, and so have I. At right. what point, when when we talk about MLK, when we talk about the 60s, when that was a very, very powerful 10 years of them killing MLK, killing right. John F. Kennedy, his brother yep. Robert, killing yep. uh, Malcolm X, just hear me out, all the different civil rights leaders and people of influence that they knocked off, right? Right. And, and, and remember, MLK told people to what? If they smack you, turn the other cheek. And then right. Malcolm X said, listen, if they, kill, if they smack you, kill them by all means necessary. Remember? Right. So, right. 
so yep. so this is how this is how Islam came into existence in the black community because a lot of people was upset with the message Martin Luther King was giving about turning the other cheek and trying to be friend with the enemy. And mm-hmm. the point I'm trying to make leading up to now is this. If you live long enough, you're going to see that any and everything that happens in the black community, somebody in the black community that we looked up to as being somebody of importance co-signed that. So when, you hear, so when you hear this satanic rap music, it's somebody that they can reference to whose signature is on that that music saying, okay, give them this certain type of music. And the right. point I'm trying to make is at some point we got to take the white man, uh, we got to take them out of the conversation when it comes to us, and we got to take a hard good look at ourselves and the people that have infiltrated our ranks that look like me and you. Yep, because right. I don't yes, know, I don't know you personally, but I bet you if you ever sit back and think about the people that fuck you the most, they were black. Yes, they wasn't the white man; it was the black man. Right. And then some yeah. of your some of your biggest breaks, like you said, with getting money and getting what you worth, it came from the white man mm-hmm. for whatever yeah, it is. was worth. And, and right. I'm not saying that all black people are fucked up because we aren't and that all white people are good because they aren't but everybody likes to take advantage of the weak and the people that don't understand business that don't understand life because let's be realistic when you look at life itself a majority of us always want to feel like we're taking advantage of somebody Mm -hmm. it's like the it's like the guys that really in the area and they hood that really ain't shit. But what mm-hmm. they do, all the guys, they get together and they fly down to Dominican Republic and get some girls that's basically being abused and they hang out and party with them and that makes them feel like something. Even though right. the young girls they hanging out and party with is abused little girls. Right, yep. You, so you understand the point I'm making at some yep. point across the board, it has to be some type of constitution in the black community where we all say, hey, look, man, I don't give a fuck what you're going through. We're not going to allow X, Y, and Z. And if you come with X, Y, and Z, it's off with your head. It's not really hard to figure out. I was out of the country one day. No, what you're saying is I was out of the country at an all-white party. A man walked past a young boy, had had his pants off his ass. And I looked at him, he thinking ain't shit. And I said, you know, now that I thought he was going to know who I was, I wasn't saying that, like, I'm this nigga. But I said, yo, you know who I am? He said, no. I said, I'm T.K. Kirkland. Like, you know, I, I, I wanted to, I, ho- I was hoping that it rang the bell, not because I'm a comedian, but what I stand for in this world. And I said, yo, my man, while you in front of me, pull your motherfucking pants up. He looked at me, and I was for real. I was, if, if, if he wanted to catch a fade, we would have got down. Because I'm serious about what I'm saying. And a few minutes later, he pulled his pants up. And I wish I could go around whenever I see young niggas with their pants down, thinking, showing they fucking crack of their ass or their underwear. Like, who the fuck raised you, right? 
who's going to, like I said, who's going to save the baby? Because these motherfuckers is truly, truly lost. And society, the Internet, the way of people thinking over the last 30 years has declined so bad that they have put us in the corner that if you can't speak, you get canceled. If you say something to the homies, they say that you motherfucking crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. It was a time if you if you was 10, 15 years older than anybody you was talking to, they shut the fuck up and listened to what you had to say. And these young people think they're on the same level as you, not looking at you as an elder, not looking at you as an OG. They'll say, oh, just because you're older doesn't mean that you're smarter than me. Let me tell anybody here who's listening on this fucking show. When someone is 15, 20, 25, 30 years older than you, out of respect, you shut the fuck up. What you can use, you take it. What you can't, you throw it out the way. Because I would go is to give you the information. It's up to you how you process Exactly, it. exactly, because we've seen this movie before. Thank you, See, sir. Thank so you. We've seen this movie in the sad reality with these kids. It's like, you, you see this kid speeding up this word road, and you say, slow down, young, and oh, don't tell me shit over here. Hey, look, man, it's right. a pothole in there that's going to bust your fucking frame of your car. Oh, I got yep. this, and then boom. And then he come back, oh, I should have listened. Yeah, but... Or there's an accident at the end. Or there's right. a cop at the end. Or there's death at the, at the end. end of this road because you're speeding. Right. Like, like this is why the name of this comedy show is What the Baby's Going to Do. Because what we have to ask ourselves, what the baby's going to do if us right. as adults is acting like this? Because right. regardless of how selfish or how much of the shit you think you are, you know, all of us as human beings have a responsibility to the babies. We have yep. a responsibility to the babies. You can't get yep. to a certain point in life without understanding and knowing that life is bigger than what you're talking about because Absolutely. you're only a, a microcosm of this world we in. So mm -hmm. even from all angles, all of us have to humble ourselves and, and praise the God that gives us life and, and, and know that, hey, the road we walk in, so many of our ancestors have walked before, and some of them mm -hmm. wasn't perfect either. But the fact right. that we're here gives us all a shot to do the best we can do to look out for each other because life yeah. is a one-shot deal. And believe it one or not, shot. it's a one-shot. And the thing is, one-shot, one-shot. You you don't realize till you get older the blessings of life and the blessings of your youth. You know, to be yes. young, to, to 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 marvel at life and and look around you and be appreciative. That's a beautiful thing, man. Yes, that it is. is that is a God given gift. Like humanity, humanity itself is something that was created that we're a part of, and we yes. have to pay homage to each other and, and, and find a way to love each other and be, get back on the love frequency. That's why they changed the music. When you look at the music mm -hmm. from years ago, I was listening to the true story uh, two weeks ago, and I made a video about it. I was riding with my girl Atlantic City, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, Luther Vandross 
song came on so amazing, mm. and I haven't heard mm-hmm. it in the, in years. And and I was right. listening to what uh, Luther was saying as I'm driving down Atlantic City Expressway, but I'm cutting my eye at my girl and my daughter, and for whatever reason, that sh- it, it made my feelings bubble up, and I was damn near getting ready to cry. My girl said, "What's wrong with you?" I said, "Ain't nothing wrong with me," you know. And she mm-hmm. said. Uh, why are you looking like looking at me like that? I said, "Cause I love you. I love my daughter." And then uh, mm-hmm. she, this that made her kind of tune into the song. And next thing I know, she's ready to shed a tear. And I said, "You know, mm-hmm. nobody knows what tomorrow is going to bring, but one That's thing right. for sure: nothing lasts forever. Nothing. That's right. But while we got life in my our body, baby, I want you to know I love you." I'm happy to, to enjoy part of this journey with you. And I'm a ride with you to the wheels fall off. And that kind of made right. her first say, oh, you ain't going nowhere. I said, hopefully, no, not no time soon. Oh, but I said, I said, but just like this road I'm riding down, at some point, mm-hmm. it's going to be an exit. I'm going to have to get off. And it's going to be yeah. an exit. You're going to have to get off. And our baby girl is going to have to get off. Mm-hmm. So before we get off that exit, we have to exchange pleasantries and give each other hugs and kisses. I'm gonna miss you, but because yeah. life goes on, it go it, it go. I mean, think about Pop Smoke. Think about um, Nipsey. Think about Nate, uh, Michael Williams. Think about um, so many dudes, um, so many people, and life still goes on. Yeah, and people that depended on them was in the house right. with them every day. Calling them, right. you, you know what they go through. They have to go through that, right? So, ladies and gentlemen, you hear what this brother is saying. Two, even though this is a comedy episode, listen to Luther Vandross. But I'm going to also tell you, everybody's listening. I want y'all to do this this week if you can. I want you to listen to the greatest album ever made, and it was Marvin Gaye. What's going on? Yeah, that was a heavy, deep one, too. Yes, it was. That's the greatest album ever, from production to music to the words they was talking about, what's going on. Listen to me, people. Listen to that. Listen, this is I'm, – I'm crowning this brother right here, the greatest promoter in my 37 years in the entertainment business. We are going to be at the Showboat Arena October 2nd. Mr. Reed, I'm going to give you the floor for the next two or three minutes. Tell them how to reach you, give them your phone number, how to get tickets to the greatest show that you have put together, brother. I'm saying you because I admire what you have done over the last six or seven weeks. I think you've been putting 40 hours in a week on this show, sir. Oh, for sure. See, the thing is, is like I said, life is a one-shot deal. And when you look in the mirror, you're you're all you got, TK. All of us right. individually, we all we got. You're sure we know yeah. people and people promise us things. But all you have is what God gave you. And you have to yeah. take advantage of it and understand it ain't going to be here forever. So even That's with right. this promotion of this, what the baby's going to do, comedy show, Saturday, October 2nd in Atlantic City, at the Showboat Casino and Hotel Royal, just just hotel now. Listen, you okay. can get your tickets on Eventbrite at tk twenty twenty one ac dot eventbrite dot com. 
or you can get it at just go to eventbrite.com because y'all guys is around the world. And once you go there, you'll be able to get your tickets. But the thing is, for all of us, mm-hmm. no, no, go ahead and let you finish. Yeah, but the thing is, for all of us, we all have to find a reason to laugh. We all have to find a reason to be thankful, to, to understand that we're here for a reason. And it's more than mm-hmm. just trying to show off on somebody or being evil and mad. God has a bigger Mm -hmm. plan for all of us, and we all have to take advantage of it because before you know it, it's going to be over. Yep, it's so true. And, ladies and gentlemen, the reason why you can hear the love that me and his brother have, we've known each other over 30 years. We all come from the streets, but me and this brother made it. He did some time, I did some time. We came out, we did our thing, we went in, and we understand life, and we want y'all to understand life. Put your best foot forward. Take one day at a time. But October 2nd, I want you to come see the works of T.K. Kirkland. Who else is on the show, Mr. Reed? Tell me who else is on the show. We got T.K. Kirkland. We got Cleon. We got Malcolm Hill. We got Two Stacks. Two Ray is hosting. We got uh, Lady T. We got Denny Live. Did I miss anybody? We got a big show. And it's hosted it's by show, Patty Jackson, along with two words. If you're in the area, some of y'all have flew into all my shows. I'm different from Toronto, from Australia, from motherfucking Japan, from San Francisco, Atlantic City. If you've never been to Atlantic City, we've done all comedy shows other places around the world, but you've never seen me in Atlantic City. A lady came up to me last night after my show and I felt so honored because she understood. She said, you switched your show up so good for the comedians. I mean, to the fans around the world who come see me. Y'all see how I give a different show every time I perform. My goal one day is when y'all talk about the Eddie Murphys, when y'all talk about the Richard Pryors, I want my name to be so elevated in the game that y'all would say, yo, the best kept secret in comedy was that nigga T.K. Kirkland, a.k.a. T. to the motherfucking K. Because, see, one thing me and my crew, like this brother and all the folks that we fucked with in our past, see, we stay low-key and flex occasionally. So we flex it October 2nd. You're going to see, even though it's his first comedy show, but he's been doing parties for years, you're going to see a brother who went out Two, three, four o'clock in the morning. Bob, yo, I, I can't believe I did this whole comedy show by myself because everybody that claimed they were going to help me found a reason and an excuse to abandon me. And when I think yep, about that, I think about being abandoned as a little kid. Welcome to the game. Yep. You know what I mean? Welcome to the game. And that motivated you even more. And what oh, motivated my me about you? And what motivated me? Because people, ladies and gentlemen, were the comedians was in this brother's head about what he's paying me. Let me tell you how, what real niggas do. And this is my fucking crew. When I told this man what I was making, he sent me my money while we was on the phone. Not TK, I'm going to hit you in a week. And this is to different promoters. The, uh, I call them the CD promoters who call me and say, TK, what's your price? I'm looking. Don't motherfucking call me unless you're ready to pull the trigger. I've been doing this 30-something motherfucking years. 
Don't call me with that mm shit, that maybe shit. Two of Fly's niggas was this brother right here and a, a fine woman out of New Jersey. She was online getting the venue, and she sent me my money to the men out here who claim you because y'all in the car with somebody. Y'all fronting for a nigga that got no TK. I'm not your motherfucking friend. <laughs> Stop taking money out of your yeah, pocket. Take it easy, TK. Take it easy. No, I got, I got to check on these motherfuckers, yo. This should be making me mad. I, I, I did it on Vlad TV. I'm going to say it again. When you call a motherfucker my caliber, I want you to say, yo, TK, yo, I respect your talent. I want to I wanna give you some money for your talent. Don't ask me to do no motherfucking favor. I deserve what the fuck I'm getting. When you've done this 37 years and you're good at your craft, don't come with me to these comedians around the these promoters around the world and say that dumb shit to me. When you see this nigga perform, I don't give a fuck who on the show. I don't give a fuck who on the show. You're going to remember T to the motherfucking K. Ladies and gentlemen, listen. October 2nd, the Showboat Hotel. On the Broadwalk in Atlantic City. On the Broadwalk in Atlantic City. You heard all the other comedians, and they are good. I love them niggas. But they not T to the motherfucking K. You, the, the, the day after this show, you come because of the ambition of this promoter named Reed. Big Reed, Big Reed, B-I-G-R-E-E-D. Big Reed. I call him Reed, but y'all call him Big, Big Listen to me. I don't, I don't put promoters on my show. I told this brother a month ago, maybe a month and a half, I was going to put him on my show. And I watched him, and I watched him, and I saw what he was doing night and day, night and day, when he didn't really think I was watching him because I see some comics only work once a month. I It's 52 weeks in a year. I got to be working at least 50. I'm never home. And I admire this brother's work. Get your tickets, Eventbrite, people all over the world, at Eventbrite, October 2nd. Let me repeat it. October 2nd, Showboat Hotel on the Boardwalk. And I think, I think I saw some people doing some hotel stuff that people can get hotel um, discounts. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, if you, go to, you go to showboathotel.com, punching group code, Big Reed, D-I-G-R-E-E-D, seven, the number seven, and you can get a room for $120 on a Saturday night, the first of the month, Saturday, October 2nd. But you got to go to the Showboat Hotel AC, that's in Atlantic City, and, and punch in the code or call down there and tell them that you're calling for the comedy show, and you can get a room that Friday and that Saturday for 120 each night. And you can't beat wow. that because they're doing the same room for four or five hundred dollars a night. Right. But that's right. a special sure. relationship I have with them guys because, you know, guys like myself, the flat foot hustlers that get it from the muscles that go into to hostile territory to get our points across, you know, we last of a dying breed. And yes, the sir. thing about it is that like I said, nothing lasts forever. So Sometimes when you pay attention to what we're doing, it can change the course of your life because yes, all of us have defining moments in our life that when we see something and we act on it, it changes our life for the better and sometimes yes. for the worse. So just pay attention and try to get there Saturday, October 2nd, 
the show broke because after the show, after the comedy show, it's the after part, and that's going to be yeah. crazy. That's going to be insane. As you're coming down the turnpike, as you're coming down 95, do the fucking speed limit, please. I don't normally curse on my podcast, but I'm cursing today. And the reason why I say that, because I want y'all to make it there. And when you go home, I want you to take your time. There's no reason to rush. And if you're drinking, stay an extra hour to be sober. Stop that vice. Stop having vices to put yourself and your family in danger. I'm tired of hearing about these stories, people dying because they speed. They were speeding or because they was drunk because you're trying to have a good time. Stay low-key, flex occasionally, be accountable for yourself. Big Reed, it's been a pleasure. To all my fans around the world, you already know what it is. You already know what it's about. P.K. Kirkland on board another hit, another hit, one of the flyest men I've met in a long time, ladies and gentlemen. Big Reed, you'll meet him as well, October 2nd, Showboat Casino, T.K. Kirkland. May your pain be champagne. Talk to you soon, player. Make sure you follow T.K. Kirkland on Instagram at T.K. underscore Kirkland. For more information about upcoming events and more, visit www.officialtkkirkland.com. This episode of the T.K. Kirkland Show was produced by Chris Thomas, executively produced by Charlemagne the God. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.